This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. We're hot. We're fun. We're crying. But we're trying. We've got looks. We've got books. Also, we're sad. Sad Sad girls who read. Hi, sad girls. Sad girls, I am so ill. I have a stomach bug. Do any of the sad girls have a phobia of vomiting? Because I do. And I vomited 20 times two days ago. Did it help with the phobia? No. I feel literally traumatized from the experience. I bet you do. I found my dream apartments. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm sure people can relate if they don't live in New York, but maybe especially in New York. I know when I find the apartment, like the one, I just mm-hmm. know. I knew it with this Brooklyn Heights one. So last night I'm in bed at like midnight, street easy scrolling. And oh. I find this one in Williamsburg, floor to ceiling windows, cheaper than my apartment now, gorgeous, a little bit more in square footage, laundry and unit. And it's actually connected to a hotel. It's connected to Hotel Indigo. Wow. So half of it is a hotel. Half of it is like apartments. I oh. want it so bad. I emailed twice last night. I've called like four times today. I texted mm-hmm. and left a voicemail. Nobody has answered me. And I, as soon as we hang up, I want to go see this unit and literally apply and give him my money, but no one's responding to me. And so it's like, I don't know what's it like. I don't know if someone got it yesterday. I don't know if they're just really slow and it's mm-hmm. for immediate occupancy. Do you think it's like a real listing if no one? Oh, it's, um, and my- so Kaya's friend lives in this building. It's mm. crazy. And no, wow. it's 100% real. Can you send me the link? Yeah. The only thing I have to say is the pool is fake news. So there's a pool attached to it, obviously, because it's a hotel. But you have to pay $100 a day to, like, use the pool. And it's like, if you're okay. advertising that as... What? Right. It's such a great location. Literally 23 minutes to get to my work. Oh, my God. Okay, I just sent it to you. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. The floor-to-ceiling windows. Gorgy now. That's gorge. What is cyber apartment? I know. See, I looked at the website. I called the number on the website. I, like, I've literally done everything. I've called the number on StreetEasy. I don't have a contact there. And then I texted my friend, his friend who lives in that building, and I said, like, do you have a contact in management? Do you have... That's what you need to do. It was like, what do you have? Have you called Cyber Apartments Management their office? Yeah, I called earlier and they didn't answer. Should I call one more time now? Yeah, you should call again. Okay, let's call while we're on. I think that would be such like vibey energy for the girls. (laughs) Put it on speaker. They're going to be like, we've received 300 calls. We're getting harassed from Allegra. (laughs) Okay, do you think they're going to say I'm harassing them? Allegra, no. You're calling to inquire about a listing. It was a joke. You need to call. I'm doing it. The person at extension. Two, you should one, two, fax two, them. Eight, five, it says they have a fax zero, number. You should just fax them. Like a I literally cheap. will fax them. A photo of like Ruby and Coco being like, I want to <laughs> give my girls a home. Fuck. 
Why aren't they answering? That's so annoying. So that's my life. Um, I fly out to visit my niece tonight. So I'm excited about wow. that. And then gearing up for our big Super Bowl Sunday. I know some people hate Taylor, but I don't. So I don't have time to like, I don't even know what's going on because I've been sick. Like there's been drama. Do you like tell me what's going on? Do you want me to tell you? I I literally don't know. Okay. So basically I didn't watch the Grammys and, but so Taylor won album of the year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then later on, Jay-Z gets up to give a speech and it's basically what Kanye did to Taylor seven years ago, but like nicer. And humiliates Beyonce in the process. First of all, he points to her and goes, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but this young lady over here, this young lady, that's your wife. She's 40, 45. She's not a young lady, babe. Like you say young lady when you're like getting someone in trouble. Okay. So already started off awkward. Blue Ivy is on stage with him. Looks just as mortified as Beyonce. And he goes, you know what? My wife has won more Grammys than anyone, 31 Grammys, and she's never won album of the year. Like, make that make sense. After Taylor had just fucking won album of the year. I will say I'm a Beyonce stan and I don't know enough about Taylor to understand. I do think like. I don't know. It's so hard. No, I want your opinion. That factually doesn't make sense. If she's won more Grammys, why hasn't she won album of the year? That doesn't make sense. A lot of people are saying that she should have won for Lemonade. But keep in mind, Lemonade was not up against Taylor. Someone else won that year. Taylor didn't win. Who won for Lemonade? I think Harry Styles did. Oh, give me a fucking So that's what's really... Or maybe it was Adele. I don't know. So It was Adele because then Adele in her speech was like... Beyonce should have won so right so it's like Taylor didn't beat out Beyonce that and I don't know enough about Renaissance but I did see one comment that was like I'm sorry one good song is not a good album like I don't know I think I am a Beyonce like hardcore Renaissance was iconic I and I don't listen to her so I'm absolutely sure that it was and I agree by the way with what Jay-Z is saying I do think Mm -hmm. that there was racism in the Grammys I am not at all denying that I just think it embarrassed Beyonce. I think that there was a time and a place and that wasn't it. Like Taylor's already had this done to her so much so that I think Kanye grabbed the award out of her hands. Like Aaron, imagine you winning an award wow. and you're holding your Emmy and someone gets on stage and pulls it out of your hands and says that someone else should have won. How would you feel? Wait, it happened like that? He went and grabbed it out of her hand? Oh, he got on stage and said, I just want to like, he like try, I think he tried to take the award and Wait, was like- but was it during- like, why was he on stage? He. This is not Jay-Z. This was Kanye years ago. You didn't know Oh, about yes, this. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I remember so that. So that that's, already happened yeah, to Taylor. Bad, it's bad, 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 so bad. beyond messed up. And then Jay-Z beyond. basically does it again. It's like, I don't know. It just, and it feels like, why is it always Taylor? Here's my thing with it. There are so many other artists that have beat out Beyonce. Why is it always Taylor? And if we're going to be frank, I understand a lot of people don't like Taylor Swift. She is and has and did the highest grossing concert tour of all time. Beat out Prince, beat out Beyonce, beat yeah. out. Clearly, she's talented. You Numbers know what I mean? Wise, she's she's the most powerful. So, woman. and you don't have to like her. That's not at all my thing. I just think the way it was done was just, I just don't think it needed to happen in that way. I think both things can be true. Beyonce 
absolutely has probably been snubbed for album of the year. And mm. when someone has just won album of the year, like, is that the time or the place to be essentially saying, and in his speech, he goes, some of you shouldn't even be in your category. <laughs> Aaron, I'm sorry, but it's not the time or the place, babe. Those that are just, just my makes thoughts. Me on laugh it. because it's like, and my guy, my guy, the best commentary is he gets on stage to talk about how Beyonce deserves more respect. He cheated on her publicly and Lemonade was about him. And it's like, babe, if you want to talk about like Lemonade or if you want to talk about an album deserving album of the year, you should probably talk about Lemonade. And that album was inspired by your cheating ass. The Swifties will get you. The Swifties will get you. I'm just like, that's that's like what's so ironic too, is I've seen quite a few women be like the irony of this man coming up and saying that Beyonce deserves more respect. And then you did what you did to Beyonce. Like, the math is not mathing here. The math is not mathing. And, like, to call her a young lady, like, it was so patronizing. It embarrassed Beyonce, too. I want to see, like, an interview of what she thought about it. Well, apparently she was hiding. Oh, no. And, like, here's the thing. Again, I know it's, like, contentious for a lot of reasons, but I just feel like Taylor also just can't fucking win. I think she's the most scrutinized person Obviously, because she's like, probably, if you're the most famous, you're going right. To be but she famous. is the most. It's like she literally can't do anything. Mm-hmm. People were mad that she didn't say hi to Celine Dion. Like Miley didn't acknowledge Meryl Streep. I'm sorry, in my opinion, Meryl Streep is more of an icon than Celine Dion. Miley looked so good though. But it's like, why is Miley not being talked about for not addressing Meryl when she got like? When you're winning an award, it's your time. It's not Meryl Streep's time. It's not Celine Dion's time. All I saw was like a photo of Meryl and Beyonce and Meryl was like in Beyonce's face. I don't know what she was saying, but it was like the weirdest capture. I don't know. These I have so many thoughts and like I know a lot of people or not even a lot. I'm not going to say I know some people don't like Taylor, but like. See, I don't know anyone that. In my friend group, like, I'm the outlier. Like, I'm the only one that's not a Swifty. Right. I think it's some people who say she's mediocre. And I saw someone say this is white mediocrity. And it's like, I do get it. I think that, like, white people can be mediocre and excel, unfortunately, in ways that people of color cannot. And I think mediocre is probably the last word I would use to describe Taylor Swift. I'm sorry, babe. She's a poet. Her lyrics are insane. She's the highest grossing concert tour of all time. Like, if that woman is mediocre, then where is this? Is there a ceiling for like, are we ever as women going to win if Taylor Swift is mediocre? No, we're never going to win. I'm like so passionate about this. I feel like the whole episode could be like Taylor. And I'm just sniffing an alcohol pad to keep myself from throwing up. I just I don't know. Like, I would hate to see you get an award and then someone comes up and is like, some people don't even deserve to be in that category. Yeah, I just hate I think what I don't like is like I think and I know this isn't how the world works, but everything should be fair. Like I did see a snippet of like Lana Del Rey, like while Taylor won, just kind of (laughs) like I was like, poor Lana. Like, I just want everyone to win and be happy. I know. I And I will say I and that's also what bothers me. Like, I hate when they show the disappointment of people who don't win because obviously they're disappointed. The other drama was these news outlets were running with this story like Kelsey Ballerini looks disappointed. And it's like she's disappointed. She thought that rolling up the welcome mat was going to win country album of the year. Like, obviously you're disappointed if you were hoping to win a Grammy for country album of the year. I did see this clip. Do you know who um, Ali Wong is? That's Mm -mm. right. Okay, she's this amazing comic obsessed with her. 
she had a baby with this other guy. They got divorced and she won an award and she's dating Bill Hader now. So before she finds out she wins, she is sitting next to Bill Hader. They've been dating for a little bit, kisses him, hugs him. He like is so excited. She gets up there. She does not mention Bill Hader. She mentions her ex, who she also calls her best friend and the father of her children. That is so bizarre to me. That made me so uncomfortable. A lot of bizarre things. A lot of bizarre like, things. What is going on? Right. A lot of bizarre things. The Grammys are juicy. What do you think about these influencers at? Like Emily was there. Avery was there. They get to go to so many brand trips. It's kind of nuts. I want to go on brand trips. Did me you have too. a meeting with my No, girls? I still haven't because I felt like shit. They've done amazing things for me. I'm going to a um, wine and caviar fashion week event on Monday with a PJ company, which like you would die for. What's a PJ? Like pajamas. Oh my God, I thought you meant <laughs> private jet. I was like, sick. A PJ. What if I just initial things like that? <laughs> we're going to go on my like, PJ later. I'm going to fly on a private jet to Nicaragua. <laughs> we're going on a PJ to the Hamptons. Like, no, babe. And then I'm, there's like a sushi influencer opening, something at the Museum of Ice Cream. I'm like, okay. Are you getting paid? Uh, not getting paid, but I am getting a free pair of pajamas. And if there's wine and caviar, I'm like, why not? They're like a hundred dollar pajamas, hundred fifty. What kind of pajamas? Um, let me look. I feel like you probably know the brand. Is it um Fresh Print? Wait, I actually think it is. I love their stuff. They've sent me some sets. It's Print Fresh. Print you Fresh. Should, yes. You should go. I'm ill. It's Monday evening, babe. I'm ill. You'll be good by Monday. Can I ask you a qu- some questions about Milk Fed? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so we are covering Milk Fed. By our icon, Melissa Broder. I love the cover. It's a nipple. I love titties. This is a big, big lesbian book, which I'm... Allegra, you pick so many iconic lesbian books. I, like, was thinking back. Well, no, I picked Big Swiss, so that's not true. But you picked this. Let me tell you why I loved this from the beginning. It's set in Los Angeles. She's working in the entertainment industry. She has an eating disorder. Welcome you. to Allegra Castens 10 years yeah. ago. It's it just felt so damn relatable. The Jewish aspect. I got to hear all about that. Oh my God. It was such a Jewish book. And I will say, like, it talks about challah so much. I went and bought, well, Keith went and bought because I haven't moved a whole entire challah. All I've been able to eat for three days is bread. Uh, so thanks, Melissa, for that. Allegra, do you want to read the back? cover rachel is a 24 year old lapsed jew who has made calorie restriction her religion working as an underling at a los angeles talent management agency she maintains an illusion of existential control by way of obsessive food rituals (laughs) aaron is that us rachel is content to carry on subsisting until her therapist encourages her to take a communication detox from her mother who raised her in the tradition of calorie counting rachel soon meets miriam a Zafti young Orthodox Jewish woman who works at her favorite frozen yogurt shop. Rachel is suddenly and powerfully entranced by Miriam and the two grow closer. My back cover doesn't say that at all. It says something completely different. You probably have an older copy. I have an older copy. Oh my God. It was so good. I read it so quickly. 
can we first talk about like the relationship with her mother and so how much of this is based on Melissa's life I always want to know she brings so much of herself into her books and like yes every time I read a book of hers I see her as the main character I can't unsee her it's so hard for me Uh do you do that too it's hard for sure because she writes with such an authentic voice I think that's like a testament to like how her writing yeah and it almost like we're with her yes or it feels like it's us I found a lot of myself Mm. in this book Mm -hmm. especially when I was in my eating disorder she writes so authentically that I think it also mirrors other people's experiences it kind of was a little like not re-traumatizing but it like took me back to that feeling because I used to be so obsessive like the like as much as she was the calorie counting the like waiting for like a protein bar did you calling it the gym sentence no quite literally she says it was only after i'd served my gym sentence for the day that i could soften a little that's like a hundred thousand percent what compulsive exercise was for me hundred percent and then she would like calculate the calories for the week that she needed to burn and then uh it made me so anxious i felt so bad for her poor thing i love the juxtaposition of like the salad and then the frozen yogurt because like, I know. To someone with an eating disorder, frozen yogurt feels like the biggest. Like when, at least when I was in my eating disorder, I remember going to a frozen yogurt place, and that was my cheat meal. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy; I wanted more. And then I was literally like sniffing the yogurt. I was so like that's how sick I was that I would smell she food. Said she used to dream about food. Did you used to dream about food? Because I did. I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. I would dream about just like eating like cakes after cakes and then wake up being like, what did I do? No, it's it's so wild. And then I guess like Miriam represents not only this like awakening sexually, but also it's letting her Rachel indulge in things she never let herself have, letting herself feel love, satiation, like all these things. It was such a like everything was like a metaphor. That. For the whole damn book was a metaphor. Even the yeah. did your therapist give her a tchotchke or something that became a metaphor? Yes, the golem. Oh my god! Wasn't there a golem in another book? Yes, in the Death Valley. Yes. Okay. Question for you. I saw. I need to formulate my thoughts on it, but something that I saw when I was reading reviews online because I loved this so much. Obviously, I was reading reviews. Is someone said there's a fetishization, if that's the right word, of fat people, and I'm curious as to your thoughts on that. Do they think Melissa? Yeah, like fetishized fat people in a way that's harmful to fat folks. I didn't really get that. No, did you? I didn't either. What I got more so was. This, like, I wish I could be you. Yeah. Like, A, I'm attracted to you. There's desire. But also, mm-hmm. I wish that I could live a life in which I, like, wasn't as concerned about what it is that I'm eating. In which I wasn't as concerned about my body. Yeah, like, even in the Chinese restaurant, she was like, I wish I could just, like, be nonplussed. Like, sit there and eat it or not eat it. But, like, not care so much. Not be so fixated on it. Yeah, it was a more I want to be you than fetishizing. Yeah. In my opinion. And that's not to take away other people's experiences. Yeah, that's- totally. But I I don't know. I feel like that wasn't Melissa's intention. No, and I also think it's so important that 
Melissa talks about desire in regard to bodies that aren't thin, mm-hmm. right? I think that a lot of people in larger bodies struggle with, A, the media, right? Like every Bachelor contestant is thin and beautiful, right? Struggle with like not seeing people in love or people who experience love in larger bodies. And I love that Melissa does that in almost all of her books. Yeah. I love it too. You never hear that. You always hear the opposite. Like I could feel her bony hips. Like Mm -hmm. she makes every body size, especially larger bodies feel stunning. Like that's all she actually makes skinny people feel like gross. She's like, Ooh, I don't want to hook up with this like nasty little skinny thing. 26 page 26 she goes to her therapist the therapist wants her to stop <laughs> talking to her mom <laughs> lol and melissa said not melissa rachel <laughs> melissa writes rachel says i wish i could procure from nowhere an incarnation of a mother i wanted the this interplay between hope and reality was also part of the morning and i wanted to ask you Legger, like I never thought about grief like that, grieving an idea of something. Welcome to every day of my life. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, so yeah, I think that happens for a lot of people, especially people who don't have parents who were able to parent. It's like you're not just grieving what happened. You're also grieving the loss of what you could have had. And that Mm -hmm. sometimes happens for me when I see like really lovely parents of my friends who are amazing Mm -hmm. and send their kids care packages and just like so clearly are not abusive Mm. you think about what would my life have been like 20 years ago had I had a parent like that yeah and she goes into this family's home and it's so warm and welcoming and it's not about restricting it's about just like loving each other and eating and laughing and smiling but I didn't really understand the end Allegra when the mom like snapped, I hate like maybe I, I understood it, but I just hated it. Why did she turn like that? She was so lovely and then she was so rude. She was like, get out of my house because she knew that Miriam and her hooked up. Oh, oh horrendous. That part was awful. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. Wait, I also have, like how she says, in the morning, Miriam was Rubenesque in my bed. What's Rubenesque? Rubenesque is like paintings inspired by, if I'm saying this correctly, uh, an artist. And I think it was something Ruben. And he painted curvier bodies. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Also, did you not masturbate after reading this? I did not because I was vomiting. (laughs) (laughs) I am shook when they hooked up i was like i have never been so turned on in my life i should read it again when i'm not yeah a thousand percent also the ending was 
so sad to me. But going back to the mom snapping, mm-hmm. like, tell me about, because I'm not Jewish. Does that have something to do with being Jewish? Is that just? Well, they're Orthodox. Okay. So what does that mean? They are like the most extreme form of, not extreme. Hasidic would be more extreme. I'd oh, think. I thought Orthodox was Hasidic. No, it's different. Okay. H- Hasidic is different. They're like very traditional, like men can't touch women, I believe. That's and they why ha- I, believe- I mean, there is the being gay is, I'm, is bad, I'm sure, because yes. no, Miriam be- ended up with a man. Ugh, I can't and believe- she passed her in the street. I know, that was so sad. Okay, that was giving, I only watched the show, I didn't read the book, but the last thing he told me, Aaron, I am beside myself i forgot what's giving so five years later wait don't tell me don't tell me because i'm gonna watch the show and i like already forgot so you don't remember no don't tell me the book was really good you should read the book and we'll cover it i agree but is it am i not gonna want to read the book because i already know what happens i think the i don't know i don't think so i think the book is written so well i really wanted them to end up together wait milk fed or the other one milk fed Okay. I know I wanted them to end up together and happy and why can't everyone just be happy, Allegra? How do you think Melissa's writing about eating disorders compares to other books that you've read about eating disorders? I haven't I don't think I've read fiction about food. I think it's always been like in a memoir. I don't think I've ever read it in a fiction. And what I like so much about Melissa is she gets down into the nitty-gritty and she talks yeah. about the things that a lot of people feel shame about, like when she binged on the donuts yes you know like that is what disordered eating is like for a lot of people and i think Mm -hmm. we often see the restriction and the we don't see things like binging out of a trash can after you've just thrown the food away and Mm -hmm. sitting in a car outside a fast food place yeah yeah hiding and binging like we don't see that and melissa just fucking goes there and i think that's part of the authenticity and the mental gymnastics of like oh well if i already blew it then i might as well just go all the way there and fuck up the entire day the mental gymnastics is so damn real it takes so much like oh my god i remember how and she said she went to that store and got on a scale i used to get on a scale like 20 times a day oh and i was proud when i would see my weight i would like it was like i won a grammy i would jump in the air thrilled or when she like didn't believe one, so she got three scales and would go back and forth and be like, I don't believe this. The last thing I want at this point in my life is to get on a scale. Same. No Same. idea how much I weigh. Don't want to know. Never again. Never again. It's what so did you bad. think about Anna, the character who it's her older boss, right? Who she has fantasies about. I thought she was a bitch and I hated that she like she's like, you've gained weight. Like I hated her. What did you think about her? Horrendous. I forgot about that part. She was so rude at the end. She's like, you look like a lesbian and you look like you've gained weight. She's like, okay, sick. She was like, that is the worst thing you could possibly say. And I I felt that in my bones. Like someone that. saying, I'm worried about you. Have you gained weight? And she's like, there's nothing worse you could say to me. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I would be extremely triggered. I would be extremely triggered. That's the last thing somebody wants to hear in eating disorder recovery. No one should comment on anyone's weight. Ever, ever. But in eating disorder recovery, it's so traumatizing and triggering. Yeah, either way. Do you feel like Rachel was 
quote unquote, like, what do you, how do you think she was different at the end of the book than from the beginning? I think she found a little bit of freedom. Mm. I think Miriam represents a lot of things to Rachel, but what I got so much from that is freedom, joy, Mm -hmm. the ability to live. Mm -hmm. I think that's what Miriam taught Rachel Mm. is like life is to be lived and life is to be enjoyed. Almost gluttony, but in a good way. Yeah. Like good, good gluttony. gluttony. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you starve yourself for so long of so many things of love, of food, of joy, sometimes the only way to get back in is to just go all the way. Oh yeah. Like that's what Miriam helped Rachel do. And I think that like what you just said is so poignant because it's not just restricting and starving yourself of food. That restriction then starts to starve you of everything, of relationships, of joy, of work, of meaning. Like it's not just the food that's impacted. It impacts your whole life. That's interesting you say that because I I like remember in my old journal, like when I was going through my bad eating time, I would write like let everything in like stop restricting because it really does like how you do one thing is how you do everything it bleeds into every aspect of your life it's really crazy eating disorders are so crazy like I haven't been in like the thick of mine in like over a decade but like when I read this book I felt like I was dropped right back into it you know like oh a million mental thoughts I was having she really puts you in that place. And I feel like anyone who hasn't experienced eating disorder firsthand should read this. So they have like a small glimpse of how torturous it is. What it's like. Yeah. What is the significance of the title milk fed to you? Well, this is a lot because like, even like the fantasy she was having with Anna about like sitting on her lap and being her daughter, you know how we say daddy issues. This is giving mommy issues. Yes, she wanted a fucking mom. She wanted to yes. be on the tit. And I fucking get that. Yes. You yes. still want to be on the titty. Ooh. So explain, what do you mean be on the titty? Like a baby who's breastfeeding. Like be taken care of. Yes. Yeah. And to be nourished by a mother. And nurtured. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Rachel was... I, I want to do like a whole like evaluation on her. And I was really mad she stopped going to therapy. I liked her therapist. I don't remember if I liked her therapist or not. But what I will say is when she wanted to terminate and the therapist was like, we need to talk about this in person. No, babe. I want to let everyone know. Wait, really? Well, yeah, because well, here's the thing. I agree. That's how it should happen. But if a uh-huh. client is saying I'm not coming in and they don't want to spend the money to do that termination session. Yeah. Like, let the client not. Like, I think what should have been said is, I recommend you come in so we can process and properly terminate. But it's not a, like, you need to because of X, Y, and Z, you know? Oh, what I would like to hear from you is how did Rachel and Miriam experience their Jewishness, like, differently? What was that like for you to read? What are your thoughts on that? I thought it was really beautiful the way they were two different types of Jews, but they connected just by being Jewish and how Rachel was welcomed into Miriam's family. Well, this was interesting. She thought it was unconditionally, but then she found out she was a lesbian. Miss Schwebel found out she was a lesbian and then it became conditional. So this it was so complicated and beautiful the way this was written. She's like, oh, like we're all Jewish. I should be accepted. Oh, no, I'm a lesbian. I'm not accepted. 
and just it shows how religion has its flaws and especially extreme forms of religion oh a thousand percent i could not agree more and the thing is like that's exactly it though it's the i love you unconditionally unless that's not fucking unconditional love first and foremost that is literally conditional Mm -hmm. and i also don't like when people say well i love you despite you being gay bitch yeah what yeah no 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 we're gonna end i am gonna pack my suitcase i got some toys i'm literally traveling with children's toys in my suitcase um, i didn't know what you meant by toys i was like interesting i got her a little onesie and then i got her a purse with some accessories and then i got okay. her a, a game boy i literally also knew the well, you got her a game boy oh no no, no. it's a kid's game it was five dollars oh, like, it's oh like a kid's God. game boy and it goes like a b and then it goes jump jump Aww. but like obviously she can't walk yet so wait okay the last thing i'll say is I'm kind of like over the book that I'm reading. Whoa. Really good, actually, or whatever the fuck. It isn't supposed to be good. Halfway through, I'm like, okay, this is the same thing happening over and over. But I hate like stopping a book halfway. No, you said you're allowed to because you're not supposed to read books. Yeah, you- it's like, I don't know. I'm just not interested in it anymore. It's like the same, like, kind of just feels like a mopey, complaining. Like, I want a good book for the plane. Find a good one at the airport and send me Okay, well, I do want to read the last thing he told me, but I think because I saw the show, it's like I already know what happens. I would like wait a little bit before. Oh, I won't forget when I something like that. There's no way. But she might have written another book. Wow, she has 800 grapes. That sounds good. It could be actually really good. But the last thing he told me, I want a thriller novel. I have a couple thrillers here that look good that you like i haven't read them yet i love you love you bye sad girls thank you so much for listening be sure to rate us five stars on apple podcast and spotify and subscribe and follow our show it's the way that we can get the word out about our sad girl podcast and more sad girls can find their community and if you'd like to Follow us on other platforms. We're on Instagram at Sad Girls Who Read and TikTok at Sad Girls Good Books. We love you, sad girls. <laughs>